0: Hey, I am Mustafa Sharif. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I'm looking forward to this episode. We're gonna talk about gender equal city and also about MeToo movement. I have the pleasure to welcome Caroline to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome Caroline. Hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, I'm great, how are you?
0: I am fine. Thank you so much, by the way, for giving your time to record this episode.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to be here.
0: How is it going with everything now with the the corona situation?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh what to say. I mean, here in Sweden it's pretty chill, uh but uh, still it's weird. It's a weird uh weird time uh working from home every day, not seeing your friends so often and and everything. So, uh but yeah, it's um uh, I manage.
0: <laughs> yes. Did did it affect your movement in the city?
1: Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm mostly home or like going for walks close to my home or bike rides. Uh, but I never, I, I'm not in the central of the city anymore if I don't have to for some reason. Uh, and yeah, I I definitely not move around in the same way.
0: Super interesting time, as we mentioned in the beginning. Well, uh, Caroline, how would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what are you passionate about?
1: so usually when I introduce myself I start with saying that uh, I'm a former sailor Uh, I worked as a sailing chef for nine years uh, before getting a life crisis when I was 23 so then I changed completely uh, moved to Stockholm and uh, started to study uh, uh, computer science and business at the university since then I've been uh, working with tech and entrepreneurship in many different ways. I'm passionate about uh, creating a better world.
0: And also you have a really cool podcast together with Sandra.
1: Yes, exactly. I run a podcast about uh, the tech and construction industry, which uh, (laughs) (laughs) is quite a weird combination, but... uh, Yeah, I work in tech and I'm really passionate about the tech industry because I really think it's the, I mean, it's the future. And Sandra that I do the podcast with, she's from the construction industry and she thinks the same thing about construction. Uh, So we just want to show the great and cool and amazing sides with these industries. And uh, yeah, it's really fun.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, in the beginning, I was thinking, okay, tech and construction. Yeah. (laughs) How are they going to match it? (laughs) But then uh, you nail it. So really well done.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: Caroline, are you a feminist?
1: Yes, I'm a feminist. And I define feminism as uh, like wanting to have an equal world where men and women and w- or whatever you define yourself as are equal. Uh, that's feminism for me. And that's why I'm a feminist.
0: Should feminism be the normal way of thinking? Or
1: Yes, it's a. I, I always had a problem with understanding why you think it would be okay to treat someone differently depending on their gender or the color of their skin or their uh, ability to move or whatever. Like, yeah, it's, uh, of course, everybody should be treated equally.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, we have this the feminist mindset and the normal mindset. As you mentioned, shouldn't be too separate. It should be obvious that you shouldn't treat someone just because she, she has different gender or background.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think the problem is that people who don't like like feminists or whatever to call it are people who I would say in general are people who believe that feminism is about that women should in some way have it better than men or something, which is like not what feminist is about. So, so yeah, I think everybody should be a feminist.
0: This huge, great movement, Me Too and i would love to have the story as an introduction to the rest of the episode when we come to the how do we create a, a gender equal city so would you mind to share with us the me too what was the background how did everything started
1: i started uh, i took the initiative to uh, uh, me too demonstrations that took place in uh, 14 cities in sweden the reason that happened was because when me too arrived as a pheno- phenomenon uh, in uh, october 2017 uh, me, as so many other um, women, I wrote the Me Too Facebook post on Facebook, and uh, when I did that, two men started to commenting in a very demeaning way, and not really towards me, but towards women in general, and towards me too. And they said that we should, well, stop complaining. Basically, that got me quite angry, and I so both me and many other of my Facebook friends started to argue with these two men, and we tried to explain to them that. Me Too isn't just a way for women to spam men, it's a way for us to stand up for our right and demand equality. Uh, But then I saw other men who did the same thing on other women's Facebook posts, and then I just felt that I had enough and that I need to do something. And I didn't really know what at the time, Uh, but I started a Facebook event and I wrote, you know, uh, we need to do something. Uh, I don't know what, but I just want to meet other people who feel the same, who feel the same frustration over seeing all these horrible confessions, um, and um, I did that on a Tuesday um, <clears throat> evening, and uh, Wednesday morning it had all just exploded into this big crazy thing and then during 5 days uh, me and uh, some other people uh, together just uh, put it all together and uh, uh, and managed to uh, start this uh, demonstration in 14 different cities which uh, looking back yeah feels incredible to have been part of
0: are you still keep organizing it or this just something happened in the past and
1: yeah so the demonstration only happened once there has been talk about doing it again like on the same date or something every year to keep it going but that hasn't to be honest happened the last two years so 2018 and 2019 maybe 2020 is the year Uh, but what we did afterwards was that we started up an organization called me to sweden for like to continue to work i didn't continue to work in that organization but there are other people who are still working in it and um, keeping it alive so they are doing a lot of Great work um, in regards to me too.
0: Yes, and what what made you to take this decision that okay, I had enough?
1: Yeah, but it, it was this that, that I saw that so many men was commenting in a way that they just thought like a lot of women were putting their heart out there. Like it's a it's a it's a hard thing to do to write like a post and confess that you have been a victim of sexual harassment or sexual violence or whatever i mean that's a big thing to do and a lot of i for me it was a big thing to do and i know that for a lot of other women who 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 did wrote those posts it was a big thing to do and then to see men saying that like laughing laughing at uh, my friends my co-workers my family members who have put their heart out there see them laughing at them um and saying to them that this is silly you should stop doing this uh, uh, you are just, you know, making too big, big thing out of this. Uh, that just made me really angry, and it made me realize that there are so many people out there who don't understand how serious these problems are. And yeah, that uh, that ang- anger just made me feel that I have to act in some way.
0: Yes, yeah, and I think it was completely the right, the right act to, to talk about it and. Stop. Keep silent about such topic. Such important. Yeah,
1: topic. I mean the problem is, or ha- still is, but maybe even more before me too, that I think a lot of, especially women, felt very alone because you de- you didn't really like. Obviously, you knew that other women also uh, had been victim of this type of treatment and um, and crimes. Uh, but I think that in some way you still still felt alone. You still felt that this has only happened to me or. Maybe it happened to others, but those women acted upon it. You know, if someone, for example, uh, are sexually harassing you and you don't say anything back, like you just take it. I think that is some type of shame in that as well. Do you understand what I mean? That you you are yeah, ashamed that exactly. you know I should have been so strong and I should have said no and whatever, and you didn't do that. And then you feel some type of shame and you feel like, oh, I'm like I did some I did something bad, even though it wasn't yeah. me who did it. So I think that. Just see that okay, it happens to all women, no matter like where in the society you are, where in the world you are. Um, that um, yeah, it was a really important uh, statement in itself.
0: Yeah, and do you, do you think or did you see that me to change the the, the different stories? Uh... What, what did you notice after the organizing the MeToo here in Sweden?
1: I mean, here in Sweden, we are pretty like far. We have come pretty far in these questions already, which I think was an important part in that Me Too became so big here. MeToo became bigger in Sweden than anywhere else in the world. Uh, if you look on the number of Google search on Me Too, it was actually, I think, three or five times as high uh, in Sweden as in the Netherlands. And the Netherlands was the country in the world with the next most uh, amount of Google search on hashtag me Too around that time. So it became really, really big in Sweden. So what I saw, I mean, I saw that the the climate of, like, of talking about this changed a lot. Before, I mean, you couldn't, like, if you were talking about equality or you were talking about sexual harassment or sexual violence, people were looking at you and like, okay, there's a crazy feminist, basically. But after me too, it was okay to talk about these issues almost everywhere. Uh, I could talk about it on the coffee break at work with my coworkers. I could talk about it at the party with my friends. I mean, all of a sudden it was more okay to discuss these things. And it was also like you couldn't really act as if it didn't happen anymore before a lot of. And now I'm generalizing, but a lot of men mostly, not only men, but a lot of men and not all men, of course, like talked like said that oh, you're just overreacting this is isn't really a big issue, it doesn't really happen, but after me too, you couldn't really say that anymore because you saw that it is actually a big problem, it does happen to a lot of women, those I guess was the major change in it, and of course, here in Sweden, we actually got a law after Me Too, that they actually announced on the demonstration that we arranged. So uh, we got a law that's um, called Samtikeslagen, which shortly means that before that law, you could say like if you had been raped, the person who raped you could say that, oh, but she didn't say no. So I didn't know that she didn't want to have sex with me. But this law basically says that if someone doesn't say yes, You can't like then, I mean, you can't say like, you have to say, you have to say yes, you have to show like you have to to just say, oh, the person didn't say no, isn't like working anymore, basically, because of this law.
0: Again, I believe it was the right action and hopefully we need more action to reduce this amount of negative action towards all the females. And also I believe urban planning, architecture and the city design is part of this game as well. And in many situations. Things happen because it was a, a bad urban design. I would like to to see how do you define a gender equal city?
1: I mean, it's a city that is built for everyone. One thing that comes to mind, and that's not maybe about building a city, more actually from a construction point of view. So I actually talked about with Sandra about this, that in buildings, they usually... The temperature in a building is usually a little bit too cold for females because it's adapted for uh, the male body, because the male body is a little bit hotter in the temperature <laughs> than the female body. The temperature in, uh, mostly in the most buildings are a little bit too cold for a woman, woman. And I, I, I try to think about like, something similar like in the city, but I mean, sometimes, you know, for example, there can be like really high steps. Which I'm, I'm like, I'm not super short, but I'm quite small. <laughs> so sometimes I feel that things are built for bigger people, like taller people, people with taller legs, or you know, that are taller in general. So I guess, yeah, sometimes you have to think about like the general person. You can't only see that as the height of a general man. It also has to be seen as the height of a general woman.
0: Exactly because because the standard that. Uh... The, the urban planner, architects, and landscape architect, looking at when we have the body of the the, the majority of these standards based on a white man body, like which is really what you see everywhere in the in the city. And as you mentioned, the gender equal city is a, basically a city for everyone. So I would like to start to narrow it down to a detail level. So let's say if you go to a public space, what elements that makes you feel welcome and safe?
1: Yeah, when it comes to feeling welcome, I guess it's a lot about, you know, the colors and the shapes and everything. And that, you know, you can feel some type of, you know, warmth in in the place you are. But when it comes to feeling safe, I guess it's, I mean, one problem that I realized after talking to a a lot of my male friends about it is that a man is never afraid walking home when it's dark and for me like I always been that like ever since I was really small you know I always been if I'm walking alone outside uh, and I walk a lot I always walk and even if you know I'm out late at a party or at a friend's house I usually walk home uh, I don't take uh, the bus or, or anything and even so I'm always scared you know I always maybe walk with my keys in my hand like this or you know Acting as if I'm listening to music, but I don't really do it because I want to, you know, be sure that I can hear everything that's happening around me. And if someone is walking behind me and I can feel that person is walking uh, faster, uh, I get scared. So that's something that I really feel is, I mean, for me to be safe, it's hard when it's dark, but you know that it's a lot of both lightning but also when it comes to, uh, and this is, of course, a very uh, difficult subject, but like what you call it, like video surveillance to have uh, like in public places. And of course, I mean, I work with security, so obviously, I mean, there's a lot of problem with uh, surveillance and uh, feeling as if uh, the government is watching you all the time. But there is also a lot of good things with having, having surveillance and to be sure that if something happens to me, there is a way to, I mean... To see that for someone to uh, maybe come and help me or if something bad happens to afterward have have a way to prove that it actually happened. Another thing could be to, you know, lighten up places more as, for example, to have uh, more lightning around uh, bus stations and, uh, you know, areas uh, where people walk a lot. I mean, there's a lot of uh, parks and a lot of places where it's not so much people, especially during night. I mean, how can you make those places feel safer, maybe not only with light, is there other ways to make sure that you feel safe? I actually saw this really interesting, uh, I was at an event um, where they talked about, uh, it was mostly about surveillance actually, but they also talked about new bus, uh, uh, you know, where you wait for the bus? Bus stops. Yes, exactly, like this little thing that you can stand in. And they had this big screen on it, so if you felt, like, if you were standing there and felt scared for some reason, you could, like, press on the, s- the big screen and they were actually, like, calling to a place where people were, uh, so you could talk to someone uh, while you were waiting for the bus uh, on the big screen. Uh, I don't know if they will implement it anywhere, but it was wow. nice to have, like, uh, easy access to uh, to talk to someone if, uh, if you're in an emergency or if you just, you know, feel scared.
0: Exactly. This is very cool implementation, actually, to make you feel safer and more social
1: yeah and i think one thing that happened uh, after me too was that a lot of entrepreneurs reached out to me because they had different ideas around how can we help um, women to feel safer and a lot of them had ideas about different apps and a lot of them had to do with like how can we yeah if if, if, if we are hundred people who has the same app and you're walking alone and you open the app and you can see where all the other people who has the app are like little helpers in some way I don't know but to, to feel that okay if something happens to me now when I'm walking on this uh, lonely in this uh, uh, empty dark area uh, there are people around that could like help me so I mean that's also a way like how can you how can you show like because sometimes when you're walking somewhere you feel alone even though there are a lot of people around you it's like how can you make sure to like not feel that loneliness I guess because that's yeah. almost usually what's scary
0: yeah with, with the help of the application
1: yeah, or something else. I don't know. <laughs> yes.
0: So, well, let, let's take the the question from the other way around. If you go to a, a public space or a park, what is make you hate this park? Like, yeah, you I mean, go, you're going inside and you say, okay, I don't want to be here because of this, this, this.
1: If it's uh, if I'm just shortly staying at this thing of like being scared. I mean, the thing that I really hate is if you go to a park or a public space, and because you can mostly those type of places, they are lightened up. But they are lightened up in a way, so they feel even more scary. You know, the light is pretty. <laughs> yes, you know, smart, you know, yeah, everyone, and... yeah, exactly like like light, so it's like one place. Okay, here you can, see, yes. but you can see, anything around, so it makes it feels even more like scary. So that's something. Like if I going through a park or some place, and I see that, like, oh no, okay, now I just have to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so yeah, and otherwise, I mean, one thing that I really. Like, now I'm changing your question a bit, but one thing that I really appreciate, and this has nothing to do, I guess, with uh, genders, but more what I really enjoy or, or um, versus what I don't don't enjoy when I'm in the, in a the city is, you know, boring buildings. Like, nowadays, I really see that when they're building, like, new parts of a city, they think more of it in a way that they want, like, not all the buildings to look exactly the same. Yes. I mean, go to area and, like, all the all the houses are looking exactly the same. And it's so that is something that like, I don't hate it, but it looks really boring. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So you just like see creativity and uh, feel that, you know, it's everything is different. There's actually, I don't know if you've been to shopping, to the city, Shopping. So they have a really great art- architecture where they have this entire area. Uh, where they have different artists and different art- architects and everything and they just mixed it. So it's a completely new part of the town, but It it looks um, like it doesn't look like everything's built together. It's just, you know, a big mix of different people from different cultures and Genders and everything. Like they really like, try, like put an effort into making sure that everybody who's contributing to this is different type of people so they really created a new like a new part of the city which is just yeah a big mix of everything but it's all new Uh, so so if i I
0: understand you correctly the lighting is one thing and also seeing the creative and different shapes of buildings makes you also feel comfortable and more welcome to this area than having just a a copy pasted shapes of buildings yeah
1: exactly and also i mean that because I think that you can really, like, you can see if someone, like if you're in an area of a of a town, and you can see that the person who built this or the person who draw this has really, you know, it's not just yet another middle-aged white male. I mean, it's it, it where you can see that they try to bring bring in different culture and different perspectives, and you can really feel. I mean, you can really feel that atmosphere. That's really amazing.
0: Yes, exactly. You can see the different touch it's not coming from yeah. the same person or the exactly. same company. Yeah. And it's also because of the city trying to keep, you know, don't want to get it so much chaotic and they try to regulate everything, but too much regulation equal boring city. Yeah. Unfortunately. So what are the other elements that makes you hate a place in the city?
1: I guess when it's too messy, you know, with traffic and everything, like I I usually walk or bike everywhere. And um, like for example, here in the like central of Stockholm, it's just a big mess because it's cars everywhere and people are walking everywhere and people are biking everywhere at the same time, and it's just chaos. Uh, And um, I like when I'm biking outside of the city, I always I always i mean you know, happy and uh, feeling energized and whenever i'm biking like in the city i'm just angry and frustrated <laughs> <laughs> so and and that's not like the same everywhere but i think stockholm is a particularly bad city when it comes to to that at you know it's just it's just a big mess
0: yeah so, so- even if you bike on the separate bike lines, you feel the same stress because of the cars and the Yeah, the nice yeah, mobility. yeah.
1: Sometimes the bike lines goes in the middle of the road. So, you know, you have cars on both sides and and everything. So I mean there's a lot of other cities which are great in that sense of, you know, building like I mean it could still be like messy but not chaotic, if you if you know what I mean. I yes, mean, Yes, I, I yeah. get your
0: point. Yes. And how is it when you take the the metro? you also feel the same you you were telling that if you walk home alone during the night you, you always pay extra attention
1: yeah it's the uh, same how, way. how is it it's the same way i mean especially like if it's really late and you're sitting alone in an one entire uh...
0: cabin recall. yeah
1: exactly uh i hate that because i always <laughs> feel that you know now some psycho will come into this and and kill me or or scream or whatever or you know there's a lot of very drunk people or I usually never take the metro if I can avoid it. Uh, but when I do, especially yeah, if it's late and I'm alone, I f- usually feels feel very uncomfortable.
0: And how how do you think can we solve this problem? Did you thought about like a solution to this, or just it's just a feeling no matter what we do?
1: No, I think I mean it's also a lot about like because first of all they are pretty dirty and they look really. Old and of course you can't really do much about that because that's people who are you know uh, not being um, mindful about the space. They are like sitting with their feet on the seats and uh, throwing garbage and, and and don't care. So of course I mean that's hard to avoid maybe, but I think it's also the lightning here as well. You know this really like yellow um, yellow light that is also you know more like spotlights or you yeah. see places. And, and yeah, in general, I mean, it doesn't feel, I mean, it's not designed to feel safe. I mean, it's really like the, it's just white everywhere and, you know, it's not any like, it's just really, you know, you can just, yeah, it's, it's so simply made with, you know, just white walls and yeah. blue um, Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know if you would feel safer if there was like other colors, uh, but. Um, I mean, yeah, for example, maybe, I mean, in some places, like not in the uh, the metro, but I mean, in some places, you know, they have some like quiet music in the background. You know, you can't really hear it when there's a lot of people, but you know, when you're alone, you can hear it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there are ways to make it feel safer. Even though, of course, the main problem is as, as long as you are alone, you will, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, as long as I'm alone, and I, I will always feel a bit unsafe. Yes,
0: I understand. Do you believe that if there were be some artworks and some extra, let's say, colors or, or sculpture, that will make you feel a bit more comfortable? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, if there were some type of artworks that made me feel a bit uh, empowered... Uh, you know, like like a strong woman or man, for that matter. But you know, like artwork that made me feel like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm also strong, and you know, I can what, well, just so on. Yeah, and of course, I think that could
0: so so more more motivational.
1: Artwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just make you kick anyone. Yeah, like, exactly. Right like,
1: can do this.
0: <laughs> that will be really great to be honest. Yeah.
1: Maybe they can have some like show you how to do good karate moves or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly like someone in three steps
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) well caroline now me as working as an urban planner we have a lot of this community engagement and participation which means that people can be part of the design and be part of creating this story because what happened in the last years is just like architects urban planner they just think that this will works and actually it didn't work in the long run and that's why we see so many problems in or in the cities do you believe it's really important that you will be part of creating a space and contributing with your ideas.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, maybe not necessarily me as a person, but I definitely think it's important that the people who are living in a city and the people who are walking the streets, using the metro, biking around, that those people are part of contributing to making that place good. Because I mean, it's even though if you're working with building cities and uh, architecture, I mean, it's hard when you come to a new place. You've never been there before, maybe, or, you know, uh, so, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really important to bring in the people who will be using it.
0: And how do you think we should integrate? Let's focus now on the, on the females, on the women. How should we integrate females in this kind of design process, process and also how should we listen to them? And which question should we ask if you have something in mind?
1: Hmm, hard question, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because obviously it depends on where in the world or which city you're in, but I mean, I guess there has to be a way to, (laughs) like, get in contact with females in that area. Uh, For example, I mean, go to schools and ask the students or... Um, look what companies are sitting in that area and ask them if they could, you know, I don't know, send out an email and ask the females who work there if they want to be part of contributing or, I mean, just stop someone in the street and see. I mean, it's doing that's hard because people don't like to talk to strangers, but uh,
0: <laughs> maybe
1: <laughs> in other countries.
0: <laughs> that's a really valuable point, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what, what are the challenges that you think cities are facing in order to create a gender equal city.
1: What I can see in the tech industry, and I can only assume that it could be the same, um, is that you like, if you want to do like if you want gender equality, you, like, you have to have a like you have to have a gender equality group who is creating whatever you are creating or building. And that is hard in industries where that that is dominated by males because you can't force anyone to go into an industry you can't force anyone to know you have to work with also i mean you can't force women to contribute if they don't want to you have to want them to be there and that is a long process i mean how do we recruit more women but also how do we make more more women studies, study study these subjects so that they will start to work in this industry or with this specific professions um so i mean it's it's a long way to to make sure that it's equal one thing is of course to make sure that more women are studying this uh subject so that they becoming like so they are available for the work or uh, that is uh, needed to be done but then of course you can also in 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 this um i guess you can also i mean yeah. Ask more women. Make sure that when we are building something, do we have people that we? If you can't find people to hire, do we at least have people like uh, in this case, then women that we can uh, that we can ask. That we can make sure that uh, whenever we're building something, it has been you know also approved by females, so that we know that yeah we have both sides of it.
0: Uh, like you imagine, you are imagining a kind of supervisors for a a construction yeah. project a design exactly. project right
1: yeah i mean uh, f- first of all of course try to hire women but if you can't do like if there is uh if 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 it ends up with the male dominated group anyway then yes find uh female advisories
0: yeah, that's really <laughs> that's, uh, that's, cool really, they are <laughs> that's really interesting idea Caroline. i think we need it as well
1: especially i mean now with uh now with internet <laughs> this new thing no but i mean with with social media and everything, I mean, it's, it's so easy to get access to people. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a matter of doing it. Like, okay, we need uh, women living in this particular city. I mean, there are dozens of ways of finding a lot of uh, females in that place. And for sure, some of them would be interested in being part of, I mean, creating the city they are living in.
0: We need the Me Too mindset basically exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well Caroline uh, smart city I know you're a high techy girl and I would love to hear your point of view how do you define a smart city
1: well I would say a city that is connected I mean where everything is built in a way so that it works together so that it's not only about looking beautiful but it's also working for example that you have I mean, yeah, that you have um, smart uh, metro stations where that are connected to everything else and so on. So, I mean, it's hard to like how to define it, but I would say connected, like everything is connected and makes sense together.
0: So you mean the systems, the different systems are connected in one big digital ecosystem, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And do you think Stockholm is a, a smart city?
1: I think it's getting smarter. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, it's super smart yet, but I know they are working on it a lot. Uh, Once again, I actually think that Linköping is uh, the the smartest city in Stockholm, in Sweden. And I think also Malmö and Lund is uh, two cities who are also very high on the the smart city list uh, in, in Sweden. Uh, but uh, I, um when i was writing my thesis when i was a student we were actually thinking about writing about smart cities uh, from an iot perspective of course and then i know that we were in um, were, were in discussion with um, with the government already then trying to like see where they were then but then it was i mean they were really starting then so it wasn't really happening much uh, but uh, yeah I know there's a lot of things going on and I'm looking forward to see where it is in a couple of years.
0: Yes me too and uh, you mentioned that it's a connected city so who's the responsibility to connect the different systems is it the government the co- private corporation what do you think?
1: Uh, I think it's a mix I think that the government should have a big responsible but i also think that i mean as you can see a lot when it comes to innovation when it's comes to technology and so on it is private corporations who leads uh, and i think that they will have to continue to do that because uh, the government will always uh, be a step behind i i mean i at least for now uh, but um so so i think um a corporation need to put pressure on the government, and then the government need to act
0: and you work in uh, so many different um, companies and study in different universities, so do you think that there is a willing between companies to to connect their systems or we still have this competition and fight
1: uh, I can see more and more the companies want like understanding the importance of working together and uh, connecting things together sometimes uh, of course there's still some um, um, some fighting going on but i I don't see that so much anymore i mean especially not when it comes to new companies because they understand Uh, they understand how important it is and they understand that if they work together they can create something much cooler and i also think that now i mean during corona times uh, you can see that even more companies understanding and people understanding that I mean if we work together we can come up with really cool new smart solutions that will make uh, our lives better
0: and uh, what do you see are we going toward a smart city or yeah
1: definitely I mean uh, to have a smart city at least in Sweden uh, I don't know how it is in the rest of the world but in Sweden that is really like something that everybody's talking about like we want to have the smartest city i feel that every time when you're in some type of meeting with uh, anyone in the government or anyone working with iot or whatever that's everything they're talking about so we're definitely going towards smarter cities and uh, i mean the only like problem is that technology technology needs to uh, I mean, we're not really there yet when it comes to technology. I feel that a lot of times when we talk about different technical solutions, we tend to talk about things that will happen in maybe five or 10 years. Uh, there are not like developed things yet. But definitely, I mean, we're there there is a lot of cool things happening and a th- cool, lot of cool projects starting. Uh, so in a few years time, I think uh, uh, we will see a lot of uh, cool changes.
0: Yeah, good to hear that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Caroline, it was so inspiring and so interesting to have this conversation with you. Again, thank you so much for giving your time to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was really, it was really cool talking about uh, cities and uh, architecture. I don't do that so often, so it was really fun.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. So, how would you like to summarize what we talked about in three takeaway messages for all the listeners that listen to you?
1: Hmm, okay good uh good question uh well for i i think i don't think we maybe discussed this so much but i think one thing that i always feel is important to bring up is the importance of like you have the power to change things yourself if you're living in a city that you don't feel is adapted for you or if you're in a situation where that you don't like or if something bad is happening you have always the power yourself to to change it and sometimes it can be really difficult of course but especially like it comes to like we're talking at the end about who is responsible for for making the city smarter i mean you are as a person i mean you can always do something and you can like if you have ideas or something you want like something you see that's like oh this should be different i mean Try to change it yourself, because I think we all have the power in us and the responsibility to be part of creating uh, tomorrow. What else? Yeah, okay, so one, uh, we talked about it now a little bit in the end, and I also think that's always important to to say that. I mean, we can do a lot of cool things with technology, but we also, a lot of the times, we tend to... Talk too much about the future of technology instead of talking about where are we right now, like where is technology right now. So, when uh, building a smart city, if you are not on the technical side, but on the, for example, the architectural side or the build the city side, I mean, try to really understand. Where are what is possible with technology today because sometimes I think that we think that everything is possible, which is which is which is not is right now, of course. And, um, okay, I had three so one more, <laughs> yes, one, powerful, <laughs> um, one more powerful message, one more powerful message. Um, okay, yeah, I think that like something that we obviously like we all know it by now, but if we are a diverse group of people and not just um, different gender, but everything Like di- diverse groups are usually like better than groups with only one type of person. So if you are a diverse group of people who are representing the society or the um, country you are building something in, that will most likely be, um, I mean, a more successful Thing than if there's only one type of person in a group so to make sure that always have a lot of different people around you when you're building something or creating something is really important
0: yeah that's a really great message as well if you really aim for a diverse city so you need to be diverse in the group that's creating the city exactly super powerful thank you so much caroline and three hashtags for the episode
1: three hashtags <laughs> <laughs> hashtag me too Hashtag smart cities and uh, (laughs) hashtag um, city for everyone.
0: Okay, that's that's really that's really all of the hashtags are great (laughs) and the takeaway messages. Now green lights. So thank you so much again, Caroline. Hopefully see you again in Stockholm.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: (laughs) And thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. Don't forget to follow Instagram and subscribe to the YouTube channel for live talk. If you have any great story that makes our city smarter, please contact me. Urbanistica Podcast is produced in collaboration with Landscopes a company working with landscape architecture and urban design. I am Stafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.